Welcome to the Work Hard, Play Hard podcast. My name is Rob Murgatroyd, and I am a former doctor turned lifestyle entrepreneur. Each week, I interview some of the best minds on the planet on the science of achievement and the art of fulfillment. Today's episode is a mini-sode that we call Fried Dates with the Wife. In these mini-sodes, my wife Kim and I deconstruct the strategies that we've developed over the last decade to not only grow personally, but to turn our struggles into lessons and create fulfillment in all areas of our lives. Excuses are over. It's time to live. Let's dig into today's topic. All right, before we jump into this episode, I want to invite you to be considered for my Work Hard, Play Hard Mastermind by completing an application at workhardplayhardmastermind.com. So this mastermind is not like any mastermind you may have been to or heard of, I promise you. This mastermind is for six to seven figure entrepreneurs that are working too damn much and aren't taking the time to have amazing experiences around the world with an incredible tribe of people. So every hundred days or so, I drop you into new experiences that are specifically designed to elevate your thinking, to give you new ideas. Look, you get your best ideas not staring at a computer. And actually, this is the way high-level people really collaborate with each other. They do it over a glass of champagne, watching the sunset in the south of France. So if you are ready to do some fun stuff around the world and really, really want to level up your tribe in one shot, fill out an application at workhardplayhardmastermind.com. We'll jump on a call and we'll see if it's a good fit. All right, let's jump into today's episode. Kimberly Essede Murgatroyd, how are you today? I am amazing. And what he's saying by yesterday is we have an Italian teacher now that comes twice a week. We are learning how to conjugate verbs, and that is the verb to be. And conjugating right? verbs yeah, sucks be. ass. It is absolutely <laughs> horrible. Almost makes me want to quit Italian. So I am going to pick up Duolingo uh, and make it more fun because yeah. this is boring ass shit. But listen, that is not why we're here today. We're here to talk about something that was really kind of cool. So um, I'm going to set this up, Kim, and I'm going to let you jump in. Uh, I'm going to give you the uh, I'm going to give you the punchline. But we one of the one of the things that was super exciting. Uh, for us to move to Italy was not only just being in Italy, but being uh, to Florence, not only just being in Florence, but having proximity to all of the other easily accessible places by train. Like one weekend we went to Arezzo, last weekend we went to Venice, which we're going to talk about now. And even beyond that is be able to jump on an airplane in an hour being, you know, two hours being in Paris, know, Greece and London, Paris, yeah. whatever. So we decided that we are going to absolutely uh, do that and not squander the opportunity and just, you know, stay home. So last weekend, we decided that we wanted to go to Venice and we have been to Venice before. So we were looking to, you know, take Sophia to Venice. She's never been there, but also to try um, some new things. So we went out to Murano with an M. And that's many of you who have been to Venice know what that is. And that's where they do all the glass blowing. And you've seen these Murano glass pieces that they make. And it was really cool. And then there's another little island that's just off of Murano called Burano. And we had lunch uh, one day in Burano. And we had a very interesting conversation with the owner of the 
restaurant? Yeah, so the restaurant is called Gato Nero, and so the Black Cat. In it, if you ever take a trip to Venice, first of all, the Londra Hotel was amazing. They hooked it up. They hooked up every single aspect of our trip was flawlessly executed because of them. And it was it was truly spectacular. They sent us to Burano, which... Is, so the way Venice is, it's all these little islands, right? And this little island of Burano has multicolored houses like you would find in like Bermuda or Cape Town. And every... It's like fluorescent pink, fluorescent Pastel. green. Like... It was crazy and and has the Venetian uh, little, you know, waterways, water streets that go through everything. And they're known as a as an island for making lace. And I, the island itself was really neat. And it was um, something totally different than Venice. So it was fun. But we went to this restaurant and it's a Michelin star rated restaurant. I believe it's it's fabulous. And the chef Ruggiero is this older gentleman who loves food, loves Burano, loves, you know, everything. And you can feel it in the food. The food was out of this world. His son, Masi, or his name is Maximilian, but we called him Masi or Massimo or whatever. He was unbelievable. He's Italian. But then when he starts talking English, I was like, this man sounds like Lucky Charms. Like he sounds like he's from Ireland he ha- or Scotland or something. And he had this accent. I was like, Rob, I do not understand how this Italian man's English accent is like Scottish. Help me out. And so he came over and chatted with us for a while. And he had uh, lived and grew up in Burano. And he decided to go to college in Scotland. And so that's where he learned English and therefore came back with a Scottish accent because that's exactly who taught him English. But he, you know, we talked to him about leaving Burano and going to Scotland and then his friends from Scotland were there. And I, it, it was such a great conversation. And he said something to us and it was so profound for us that we wrote it down. And he said, He said, I went to Scotland because you can't be in the restaurant business and have interesting conversations with people if you don't know the world. And I went, whoa, 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 what? Yeah. (laughs) Say that again? Yeah. He said, well, you can't. I said, how long were you there? He said, well, I went to college for four or five years, uh, for four years, and it was all in Scotland. And I was like, well, why? He said, because I knew I was going to come back to the restaurant business and I can't talk to people if I'm not out in the world and all I know is Burano. So I needed to be out in the world so I can have interesting conversations with people. And I went, whoa. So if you want to be interesting, you have to do interesting things. And the intentionality behind an education, it wasn't like I wanted to go to Scotland because they had a doctorate program that I was after. It was, I wanted to leave it could have been Yemen. I wanted to leave my country, go to another country so that I can learn about the world and meet people from the world. And I explored, I went to different countries. I went to different things to come back. And it's not that people don't do that in their life. It was more that his reason for doing it was so simplistic 
And it was, I have, to, I, I know I'm going to be having conversations with people who are sitting at my dad's restaurant because this restaurant will, I'm sure, uh, one day be my restaurant when he passes. And I want to be able to have interesting conversations. And he did. And what for me, it's so much bigger than that. And it's such the reason why travel is so important to me personally, because I've been traveling since I was a kid. You know, I was 14 and I went to Russia and I was 16 and I was in Greece and Italy and in other places. And it's just like, for me, my intention in raising Sophia, and I've always used the word global citizen for her, because I want her to have experienced cultures around the world and not have tolerance for cultures. I hate that word. I hate when people say I we are tolerant of other cultures. I want her to be appreciative of other cultures. I want her to be able to sit down in an environment with people that have traveled and be like, oh, you went to Cape Town? Oh, did you go to this place or that place? And have connection because we are one world. And growing up in New England, uh, it's very... It doesn't seem multicultural, but it's multicultural. There's a lot of first and second generation people from Europe and all over the world. And then going to the South in like the first city I lived in the South was a really small town, 45 minutes outside of Atlanta. And I met a lot of people that have never really left their county and gone into the city of Atlanta, let alone the state. And that was weird to me initially, because I was like, you don't want to like go anywhere. And they were like, nope, I like exactly where I am. And that felt so myopic and boring. And like, how do you not want to explore? I like where I live and I just going to live here. That was my impression. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad, but it's, it's so crazy to me that people wouldn't want to explore the world, but then you meet someone like him and he lays that down. Like, to have interesting conversations, you need to have a bigger, more broad perspective of the world, of business. I feel like you have to have friends in every industry, in, in every uh, socioeconomic class, in every cultural perspective. Like the more variety of interaction and connection that you can have, the more global citizen you become, the more interested in other people you become and more interesting you probably become to other people. Now, what's interesting about this, it's a lot of interesting in one sentence. I know, what's interesting? What's interesting about this is... Um, there's, I always know when there's magic in um, something that somebody says. Sometimes it's a feeling where I'll get some goosebumps, right? Or sometimes it is a thing that happens. And we had an interesting thing happen. So there was a, uh, a couple that was sitting next to us uh, during lunch. And uh, the gentleman uh, struck up a, a conversation with us. And he was clearly uh, from Scotland. And he, I was like, oh my God, this is so strange. I'm in Burano at an Italian restaurant speaking to an Italian guy with a Scottish accent. And now the guy next to me is from Scotland. And then wait, he knows Massimo. And for whatever the reason they is- were, They were friends in Scotland. They, they no. Yes. No, 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 no. That's not what happened. He no? told me, no, that's not what happened. Okay, I lied. He, he 10 years ago, he came to Burano. Uh, and he was speaking to Massimo. And as he's speaking, he's he's 
in, oh, that's in, right. in his in his broken, the gentleman in his broken Italian was speaking to Massimo, assuming that he doesn't know Italian. But the guy starts speaking back to him in a Scottish accent. And so the guy from Scotland is like, wait, you speak English? Wait, you're from Scotland? Wait, this is confusing. So they wind up becoming friends. And so he, he's coming, he's considering living in Italy. So he comes back. Okay, so that's a weird story, but there it is. So he mentions to us while we're there, he said, you know, where do you live? And we said, well, we live in Florence. They said, oh, that's so cool. Um, the Scottish guy, the Scottish, Scottish guy, couple. The Scottish couple. They said, you know, there's a great restaurant there you should go check out. And so he gives me the name and, you know, I always follow recommendations that people give me. Um, I always look at the source and, and he was a super cool guy. So I was like, okay, well, let's do it. So we go out Friday night to the restaurant. Same freaking guy is sat in the table next to us. And I'm like, holy- And they don't live here. They don't live here. They live somewhere else. They live in another, they live in Cyprus. They live in Cyprus, in Greece. Uh, and I was like, holy shit. So there's, if you look for weird signs, there are weird signs. So this this podcast is it is all over the place, but it's not. It's, it's actually- these are, what we're learning is the, these are lessons. These are things that are unfolding for us to teach us different things. I'm starting, you know, the, the older I get, the more I'm starting to realize that everybody around me is a teacher in some way. Somebody is teaching me something if I'm just open to listening. Yes. And we love being open one and two, taking what people say like this. And if someone says something that strikes a, a chord in you, write it down, open your phone, write it down verbatim, because it can shift your life, especially when you look back on it. When I look back to our, our only time we've been to Morocco, uh, and the one line that came out of Morocco, and this has to be 13 years ago, maybe, the one thing that came out of Morocco, we were sitting and we've talked about it before. We were sitting in the hotel. We had some friends with us and the hotel had this like little area that you could, I don't know how to explain it. It's like a cubby. It felt like we were in a cubby, you know, like a, a giant cubby where you could sit and sip tea or wine. And we were just sitting there and talking about life and business and all these things. And the owner of the hotel came up and Rob said, you uh, have such an incredible life. You own this hotel in Morocco. You own another one in Paris and you kind of live between both of them. What a great life. And the hotel guy, the hotel owner says back, he goes, well, you choose your life, no? And we all just looked at each other and literally wrote it down because it was so profound. And that stuck for the rest of our life. <laughs> Since then, we have looked at each other and said, you choose your life now. Now you're leaving one significant part of this story out, which is uh, a giant parallel to what I just described. Several years later, we're in Sicily, completely nowhere near Morocco. Like we are down, We are down. in an itty bitty island we're, off the coast of Sicily. We're like, it took yep. us, to give you an idea, it took us six hours by boats to go from Naples to this island. Okay? And there's no cars, no airports, like it's hard to get to. And we're sitting there and this uh, gentleman sitting who sat right next to us with his family says, excuse me, is that wine good? And I looked and I went, no. 
There's no Well, way. you looked and you said, you look familiar. And I looked at him and I was like, God, you are so familiar. And he was like, no, I don't think so. And I looked and I went, Pascal from Villa de Orange in Marrakesh. And he was like, what? How do you know? And then we said, remember us? We were the people that didn't have luggage for a week. And you, you offered to let us borrow your clothes because we made quite an impression there. Our luggage was lost. For so, But here's, here's the point. People come into your life for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. So looking at these two stories here, you can see, you know, you've got the Burano story with what this guy did in Scotland and then the Scotland connection and then the restaurant. And then boom, you're sat next to him, um, you know, two weeks later at the same restaurant. And then Pascal's like, you choose your life. No. And then six years later, you're in a random country in a random island. And he sat directly like it, like the chances to statistically are a trillion to one. Maybe somebody would say, no, that's not true. You travel in the same circles. We I don't, don't know. There's no, there are no coincidences, right? This was all serendipitous. Coincidence is God's way of remaining anonymous. I love that quote. All right. So the lesson in today's podcast is be open to the lessons that you are going to hear in your everyday life from the people you surround yourself with and be willing. And my biggest thing is be willing to have the conversations. Don't just sit at a dinner and the the waiter is the waiter or the, this one is that. Be willing to engage and talk to people about their life and you never know what little nuggets you're going to get. You never know what the universe is putting right in front of you, in front of you if you're not open to the lessons that the universe is trying to If you unveil. are open. I'm sorry, you, you got the point. Okay, stop correcting me. Listen. For the love of Jesus, we just stop no. freaking correcting no. me. Auto no. Does anybody else have an autocorrect wife? This, this, is there a setting that I can modulate the level of autocorrection? Can I, can I have a 40% autocorrect? Do I have to have 100% all the okay. time, oh, every for, minute? F- first of all, you do have a 40% autocorrect. <laughs> Does anybody else have a husband that can't get the share? right half the time. Well, listen, you don't need, you don't need our marriage counseling this week. We, um, we're off to therapy now. We're off to therapy. Have a great <laughs> week, everybody. And we'll see you next week. Goodbye. All right. Thanks for listening. If you love this episode and you know someone that needs some help in either stepping up their work hard game or their play hard game, it would mean the world to me if you shared this podcast with them to help me get this movement out there. So if you like what you heard, head on over to iTunes, take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and I will be forever grateful. So until the next episode, excuses are over. It's time to live.